Welcome to You Need to See This, a weekly film podcast about filling the gaps in our collective cinematic experience. I'm Cozy Orlin, and it's my birthday, and I'm joined by my co-host. Luce Tomlin Brenner. Happy birthday, Cozy. Oh, thank you so much, Luce. Happy birthday also, even though it's not your birthday. <laughs> you know what? It's uh, It was a month ago, so why don't I just bleed into yours and take over all the attention? <laughs> that sounds perfect. You can have my whole birth month if you want. No prob. <laughs> thank you. Yes, Anytime. I have two birth months now. <laughs> oh my God. You are so lucky and I'm very jealous, but you know what? It's yours and you deserve it. <laughs> Thank you um, so much. Of course, we are uh, we are comedians, writers, uh, we are filmmakers, and <laughs> we are also Parisian art lovers longing to escape their bourgeois consumerist lives. <laughs> uh, every episode, one of us tries to convince the other and the audience that they need to see a specific film, and we do it all with no spoilers. <laughs> Amazing. I'm so right? excited. And we have a special guest today, right? We do. You're so right. Today's guest is locally famous and also beloved Tucsonan painter, uh, oil, uh, sorry, oil painter, very specific, uh, Gail Marcus Orlin, who also happens to be my mom. Wow. That's cool. Hi. Hi. Hey. <laughs> Hi, son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do that. We do that all the time. We're always like, mom, son, what's up? <laughs> well, welcome, Gail. It's fantastic to have you here. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm honored. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just love your work so much. It's so colorful. I'm a huge color and patterned person. I've been collecting like old vintage frocks for most of my life, and I want <laughs> All of your paintings to be a dress that I can wear. Uh, I have the same taste. I love frocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mom's paintings are amazing, and everybody's taste is also very good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. We don't allow bad taste unless it's uh, John Waters movies. That's right. The best kind. Mom, I feel like I feel like you have a good Waters history, am I right? Um, well, I only, I, I went to watch him do his Christmas special. Oh, uh, I always ago. wanted to do that. So, <laughs> right. He, his energy is amazing. He just ran across the stage nonstop talking for an hour <laughs> or an hour and a half even. He was amazing. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. <laughs> Did he do yep. like any question answer stuff during that time? He, he didn't do it. He didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him do a couple of book readings and he always does them, I guess, because it's, you know, typical after a book reading, right. but he, he has the same energy when he's answering questions and it's just incredible the like bon mots that pop out of his mouth and <laughs> everything he says is so wildly entertaining. It's like never a dull moment. He's a it perfect amazing. person. Yeah. It was almost like Robin Williams. I mean, it was just, Whoa. just amazing. I, ah. I was shocked. No, no, no minute of silence. You know, he yes. always says something. Oh, I love him so much. Another That's inspiration. Impressive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's funny. Whenever I think of John Waters, I always think of the pink motel. Um, do, Mom, how do you feel about that? Do you remember that movie, movie place? It was a, an abandoned store just <laughs> attached to other stores and somebody just rented it and called it the pink motel. And they had like maybe a hundred videos. Not even. <laughs> and they gave you a little motel key <laughs> your pass to to rent a movie oh my I, god was, that's so cute yeah it was weird it was it was sort of run by somebody from the mafia <laughs> <laughs> i did not know that that's amazing yes. <laughs> so i'm not quite sure what it was there were lounge chairs 
That's the wow. best front I've ever heard of. <laughs> yeah, it really had it's Very interesting. <laughs> oh, and hey. it was a, a swimming pool, a drawing of a swimming pool in the middle of the store. <laughs> That's right. Oh my gosh. Well, if any mob people who listen to our podcast want to fund a front of a video store, I would love to run it for you. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. Yeah, I remember finding like the weirdest indie movies that I had never heard of in my life before, but I was a kid, so I'd never heard of any. But I was like, what is in the land of the owl turds? And then you look it up and it's like, this is a dude student film. (laughs) Just all student films. It was so weird. (laughs) It lasted about a year. (laughs) It's weird. I'm shocked. I feel like it was there forever in my brain. That's great. Yep. Yep. Some stuff just sticks with you. It was pretty strange. (laughs) Amazing. Well, Gail, I'm curious, have you been an artist your whole life? Like from little, like little Gail, was she an artist? (laughs) (laughs) I've always done art. It was a way to sort of stay away from people and just sort of center myself in my little desk with my little drawing. (laughs) It was, it was, yeah, it was a, a perfect outlet for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How like um I I'm just obsessed with your use of color. What mm-hmm. um and like fantastical images like cats dancing with people, uh, <laughs> cats as people. I mean I also love cats, so I'm like you're pretty much <laughs> playing right to all of my tastes. <laughs> no. I, yeah. How does all that come to you? What happens? How does fine well, art work? I know. I it, it's, it's hard to. It's, it's hard to say, you know, sometimes I'll just, it'll just pop in my head. <laughs> I am suddenly I get this image. Um, and I just, when I first started painting, I really hardly used color. I didn't understand it, but now I just, I love color, but not in my clothes. I always wear black. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't clash with my work. <laughs> it's so New York. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Uh, yeah, oh, I don't so next to my face. <laughs> I like it on the canvas. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fair point. I mean, I I do remember you doing a lot of a lot of painting and then coming in. It's just like all over you. <laughs> <laughs> I can paint my face, but not. Oh, that, actually, that's a wonderful insight into the movie. Also, right? I know, right? It's all. Yeah. It's coming up. It's coming up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what's your, what's like, what's your relationship with film? I know that's like a giant question, but I feel like you've always, ever since I was a kid, you always like brought me to the movies every week. And like, we always talked to movies to death. And I was always like, what's your favorite character? What's your least favorite character? Yeah. (laughs) You had a list from 10 to one. I had a list. That's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) It was torture. (laughs) 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 <laughs> that's amazing I sh- number 10 you know they said who's your, okay what about who's your favorite actor and then I had to write it down and you have to write it down and and from a number from one to ten what's this what's that what's this <laughs> oh wow that's that's like uh, we're all glad that this podcast wasn't that but somehow we avoided it right <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah we just were <laughs> listing our favorite actors not a good podcast <laughs> no <laughs> you disagree <laughs> uh, yeah i was so i was so rigorous about it back then it's so funny yes <laughs> but I've, i know i went like to movies when i went to college i mean i saw them before that because i'm from new york you know there's 
theaters everywhere. Um, but in college, the cool kids went to the foreign film. We had a foreign film club <laughs> that was open to Very everybody cool. when we showed the films. So there were about 10 of us choosing films, and I had to study them and look them up and come up with movies. And uh, oh. it's really, and that's how I made my friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the best. I love that. <laughs> it was great. Do you still keep in touch with anybody from the foreign film club days? Oh, yes. <laughs> that's <laughs> we've awesome. stayed friends because we have similar interests, so we've stayed friends. Yeah. Oh, that's I so didn't know that. That's yeah. the best. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't go away. You know, the, the old films that you loved, mm. it doesn't go away. It stays in your head all the time. Those were the, the films that make the most, made the most sense in your life. Mm. They made a difference. <laughs> yeah, I can totally relate to that. I, when I went to college, I got so into the, like John Waters actually was like a very big for me in college and all of the like super indie gonzo weirdo films from that time. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah. I just feel like I've never, I've only loved them more with time, like oh, learned more about them and gotten more into it. And yeah, it was like a huge impact. I mean, that's why we, part of the reason that I do this podcast is like what the impact that film has had on my life. I can't ever stop thinking about it. It's the main thing I think about. <laughs> <laughs> I have to talk about it so that it gets out of my face a little bit. <laughs> oh, that's so funny yeah it makes sense I think I'm just that way with emotions in general <laughs> that's always yeah. what I've loved about film too I feel like when I'm at the theater it's like my big my time to cry <laughs> that's perfect <laughs> yeah like films always hit me so hard in the theater and then I'm just like it's so relaxing no one's looking at you I just let it all out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And you get to eat popcorn too. Yes, <laughs> part of the fun. Oh, the best. I love tear-soaked popcorn. Nothing better. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's not salty enough. It needs that extra dash. <laughs> no, <That's so> <laughs> yeah. By the way, mom, thank you for be thank you for being a parent who was like no like no butter, no extra butter, and so I've never wanted extra butter. Like that's probably been really good for me. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's like I would never. Like, why would I ask for that? It just doesn't make sense to me. And I feel very like I'm very abnormal in that way, but it's definitely a good thing. No, I've had that same experience. I never understood it because I was like, but it has butter on it, right? Really? Yeah, I'm like, okay, I don't need it to be wet. (laughs) That's the worst. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. I just pour my root beer right in. No. That's Everyone loves a beard, beard battered popcorn. <laughs> That's the fancy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Southwestern delicacy. Oh, so good. Yeah, it's true. Those are the good old things. <laughs> well, I never could understand why you, I know, Cozy, puts like, I don't know, pickles or something. What do you add? Oh, jalapenos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that one I never got. I never On understood. popcorn? Oh yeah, I always put the jalapenos on uh, when they're when they're crunchy. If they're not crunchy, then they are mushy and gross, and I don't want any piece of them. But if they hold structure, oh my god, so good and so hot, but not wow. too hot. I can't believe I'm just learning this about you now. What I a know. thing! I know, right? Yeah. So there's always more to learn. Uh, I've definitely become one of those people who dip my who dip popcorn in nacho cheese, then don't get nachos. But what? it's yeah, I like buy a little thing of nacho cheese and I'm just like, all right, this is what I'm dipping it in. 
but also a bad choice for life. So I don't do it in public often. Well, I do it in public often, but I maybe don't do it when other people are with me at the theater. The, the I was going to say, I don't think I saw you do that before. But, no, uh, I will hide that from people. <laughs> <laughs> the solo movie experience. Oh, definitely. Oh, but it's very delicious. I'll say that. It's got that spiciness to it. Oh, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I just bought a home popcorn machine. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> one <laughs> just a oh small God. one just well enough done. <laughs> Wait, yeah. no, like one of those ones that like the cute old-fashioned ones that you'd see like at the movie theater you no know, I, I didn't buy that okay I, I did see them advertised I just <laughs> really simple simple oh, okay. like a popcorn popper <laughs> yeah um right? that's amazing um so yeah also like I feel like um it's a good thing that I I feel like I got a lot of my indie taste from you and growing up I'm sure Right. Uh, I'm sure you fought, I you fought it, but <laughs> ah, oh no. <laughs> wow. But you fought the foreign films. You didn't fight the indie films. You actually are the one who came up with the indie films. Ooh. But, you know, it was the foreign films that, that you fought. <laughs> Did I not want to do the reading? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was. It, I don't know. Oh, just being a little kid about it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, probably because they weren't very funny. Most of them were really torture. <laughs> That's a good point. That makes a lot of sense. I feel like uh, a lot of the movies that I remember for this podcast are ones that I saw like that growing up, where I'm like, what about with friends like Harry? What about like Il Mostro or whatever? Huh. <laughs> that actually, with friends like Harry was really, really good. <laughs> it was really good, right? It's such a weird, dark French comedy. It was so protracted and long, but great. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Wow, you're really lucky that you were exposed to foreign film like that, Casey. Right. I mean, even if you pushed against it, it still created a framework and appreciation for lesser-known, you know, films. Yeah, thank goodness for that. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I mean, I don't think – my parents weren't against foreign films. We watched a lot of classics. So I think that was my version of that because, you know, a lot of kids didn't like things that were in black and white. And right. I didn't understand that at all because I've been watching black and white films like my whole life. So <laughs> – I never had that where I could watch any decade of film. Like, silent films never bothered me. Mm. But Uh I didn't get into foreign films, actually, until Amelie came out. And Uh then I was like, I think I had a – I got it until I went to film school or regular school where I took film classes. (laughs) I did not go to NYU or anything. (laughs) I always think that's what film school sounds like. I went to a state college in Ohio. Um, But, uh, yeah, I didn't even – I didn't know about French New Wave or, like, just all the different, you know, styles – I, in my head, I think I was like, oh, of course, foreign film would be dry. Because, why? Because no one but American is are interesting? I don't know. It's so weird, right? But I, yeah, when I saw Amelie, I was like, oh, my gosh, what? It was, like, very shocking and really challenged the uh, ethnocentrism I accidentally held about of film. <laughs> yeah, well, my so, parents are from Europe. So my parents are German. Oh, cool. Oh, and, my gosh. So you're first-generation American? First- Right. Yeah. Ah, that's so yeah. cool. So, so that may be part of it too. I don't know. Not that they yeah. went to movies that often, but, <laughs> but just yeah. having like a comfort with like a, another language and exactly. being like that. For sure. <laughs> exactly. My family's from Germany too, but like the 1800s. Oh, so like yeah. A long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I have a foreign film theater that's a block, a block and a half away. Oh, wow. And so that's that's why we went all the time. (laughs) So is it all, uh, is it like a mix of new and retrospectives? Yes. Yep. Wow. Mostly new now, but it was 
the film club is where the retrospectives were. Mm. Oh, yeah. amazing. Wow, right. what a treat. Yeah. We had to, where I grew up in Ohio, we, the indie theater was on the east side of Cleveland, and we grew up in a suburb on the far west side. So it was mm. like an hour to get to the indie uh, theater. That makes a difference. It does make yeah. a difference. And it made a yeah. difference. Now we have, luckily, we, have, we can do them at home. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of options to find indie films for sure. Right. Uh, I mean, it's the thing I love, maybe, I don't, I'm always like, this is what I love most about LA. I love living in LA. One of the things is that there's a theater on like every corner. Yeah. There's so many like indie theaters and interesting spaces that do retrospectives. It's really special. Right. Yeah, we lucked out a ton. Yeah. You're in a great place. Yes. Yeah, and like even when I when when I was going to college in uh, in in Amherst in Massachusetts, I was like, I have very easy access to so many like little indie theaters where they have terrible popcorn, and this is great. <laughs> <laughs> indie theaters can't do it all, cozy. That's true. Like, that's their one problem is the prop the popcorn. The popcorn, you go to Regal. You want the good movies, you go to some little shack on the edge of a town. Right, <laughs> that somehow manages to have, like, Toblerones. And I'm like, all right, we're good. We figured it out. <laughs> and now they have wine and beer. <laughs> yeah, oh, so good. <laughs> well, an exciting uh, news on the L.A. theater front um, is Vidiots, which is a huge uh, video store institution here in Los Angeles mm. that was founded in the early 80s. They used to be in Santa Monica, and they had to close a few years ago the, the store, but the Vidiots Foundation was still going strong. Mm. And they, let's see, last year they secured not only a new space in Eagle Rock, which is um, on the east side, kind of near where I live, mm. um, but they got the historic Eagle Theater too, which was a one screen, like gorgeous theater that's like almost 100 years old, I think. Wow. Um, and so now they're going to be able to have movies like screen films as well as they have this you know thousands of titles uh of a rental library two totally different spaces plus they just got this week or last approval to have beer and wine which is and food which makes such a huge difference you know to be able to diversify your income like that and I think for people to feel like it's a like a fun going out experience Mm -hmm. I think it makes a difference so Fabulous. That's fabulous. Yeah, they were fighting it for a long time, fighting for it, I should say. Like it, it's like really difficult to secure those uh, beer and wine licenses here. Our theater, UCB, was having like tried for the last six years and never got it. Right. <laughs> so crazy. Ooh. So oh. they're still shaking here in LA. One day we'll be able to go back to the theater. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> oh, fingers crossed. Absolutely. And in the meantime, mom, you can keep watching Turner Classic movies all the time. <laughs> That's it. (laughs) I love them. (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, Maybe it's time to get started with the thing. Always a tough call. It's almost so much fun. (laughs) But I think we might as well. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about the 1965 French new wave film, Piero Le Fou. And Luce, you need to see this. I've never seen it. <laughs> well, then this is going to be fun. Uh, this was a choice from my mom. I, I went home and I watched a lot of movies with my mom a while ago, like a while, while ago, way pre-pandemic. And we were like, what's the movie of yours that we should definitely present? And I, we went through a ton. I was like, this is the one that I like. This is the one to do. Um, so this one was written and directed by Jean-Luc Godard, who's a uh, pioneer in French New Wave cinema. Super influential in terms of technique and form. 
And in the canon of film, he's one of those guys you should know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and his other films include Breathless, The Little Soldier, Vive Sa Vie, Bande Par, and A Woman is a Woman. This is information I have gotten from my mom. Mom, if there's anything you want to add to this, please absolutely go ahead because you lived through this and I definitely did not. um let's see well breathless is a classic i mean i I think most people have seen have you have you seen any films by jean-luc godard yes i do love breathless i actually got to see it uh screened here in la and it was really cool to see it on the big screen right um, uh what is the one you said a man is a man isn't there like man and woman there's a woman is a woman woman is a woman there's also a, a a man and a woman, but that's not by him. Oh, okay. I was getting him confused. Um, is that uh, the Four Hundred Blows? Uh, you know what? Sorry, I'm trying to. <laughs> the one guy. The one guy is, is that true? Wait, is that true? Oh. Is that wait? No, no the, I think Claude Lelouch did a man. Yes, you're right. You're right. Right. Okay. Right. Well, I've seen that movie. <laughs> And I've seen a woman as the woman, and ooh, that might be it. I haven't seen that um, that much French New Wave, to be honest. Uh, yeah, uh, definitely. If you're interested in film, you, because they're really the precursors of so many other films. <laughs> I mean, I think this film that we're that that we want you to see, I think <laughs> <laughs> Bonnie and Clyde is based on a little bit. Oh wow! I love actually. That's one of my favorite movies. So yeah, you said the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> As I was watching it, I kept on thinking about that. So, yeah. oh, wow. right, right. That right. makes a ton of sense. Uh, yeah, that that's good because that isn't that wasn't even going to be one of my reasons. So I'm glad that got brought up. It <laughs> <laughs> well, already helped sell me on it. So perfect. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah, this one is starring uh, Jean Paul Belmondo and Anna Karina. Uh, Belmondo was a screen idol in the 60s who was very hip and had style the girls loved. This is also from my mom. He was in Breathless. Yeah. Yeah, he was in a ton of those movies uh, and also The Man from Rio and things like that. And Anna Karina was in a bunch of those movies like Alphaville and My Life to Live and was also married to Godard. Oh, neat. I didn't know <laughs> any of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Perfect. And she's very, very cute. She just died last year. Uh-huh. <laughs> When we were oh, talking about this I do know. last year. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. I do actually. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, I just, her okay. name didn't stick out to me. Mm-hmm. She's like a fashion icon. Um, she might be, yeah. That's very yeah, like, So Yeah, pre- she just had like really incredible. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew her actually just more from like looking through old pictures. Oh, than, interesting. Uh, <laughs> interesting. Yes, yes. She's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so the synopsis of this film is one I'm about to read. It's a weird cobbled together thing, uh, as always. Um, uh, (laughs) Dissatisfied in marriage and life, Ferdinand takes to the road with his ex-lover, Marianne Renoir, and leaves the bourgeoisie behind. They go on an adventure that has love, hate, action, violence, and death, or in one word, emotions. Did I steal that last part from the movie? 100% yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's a it's it's sort of a mix of consumerist satire, uh, a romance, a road movie, and a crime drama. It, it's got everything, but not to be everything, more just to sort of have everything in it, if that makes sense. <laughs> well, it's very experimental because it's not there's not really a story, and he sort of throws things in when he feels like throwing things in. He has the actors, especially for the time, it was amazing. The actors talking to the screen, 
yeah. talking back to the audience oh, wow. once in a while. Yeah. They start mm-hmm. to sing once in a while. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. It's so much mix um, of everything. Yeah. When when do you remember the la- the first time that you saw the movie Pierre Lefou? I need to I not. I need to not feel weird saying the name. I'm just gonna say it a bunch. Pierre <laughs> Lefou. <laughs> Let me say it first. Pierre Ferdinand is Piero. Piero is her nickname for him, and yes. Piero was a a sad clown in French comedy, in French theater. Yes. Okay, so, that's yeah, why. And the is the crazy. Yeah, the crazy, absolutely. Yeah, so, it's it's got like little Commedia dell'arte feelings too, Luce. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. no, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Uh, okay. Nice. Sense. So I thought when I think I think I saw it in the film club in this in the early seventies or late sixties. Um, you know, pretty much after it came out, I guess. Mm. I don't know. That was the first time. I think I've probably seen it fifteen times. <laughs> 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 and like, how did it, how did it make you feel? What were your, what were your feelings about it when you saw it? Oh, I wanted to be her. Ah, that's great. <laughs> oh, of course. I wanted to, it's, I think it's every, every young person's fantasy of leaving your life, older mm. people's fantasy too, of <laughs> your life and, and just starting again, basically. Yes. I think I've had that fantasy like every three years. <laughs> <laughs> leaving it all behind and being free you know it really does it hits everybody I think (laughs) that makes total sense uh Luce what's your first impression of Piero LeFou um I am I think I thought because of the title that it was more um esoteric and I'm happy to hear that it's not Mm. (laughs) um I am very interested Perfect. I'm in. I'm already caught. <laughs> oh, this is good. We're doing great, Mom. We're killing it. Good, good. Yeah. No, and I definitely, like, I, I know I've needed to push out my French New Wave, especially because the video store that I work at actually is, like, we have a huge French section, like, several rows of French film, all broken up into directors and decades. And Perfect. the owner of the store is a huge French cinema fan, so it's, like, I feel so a lot of the our customers are French cinema fans, so I feel like I need to get on it. So <laughs> I'm just I've watched a lot of uh, modern stuff from like the last 20 years, but mm. yeah, I'm really uh, woefully behind in anything classic. Yeah, same, a hundred percent relatable. Like this is definitely this is easily the first one that I ever have that I've ever seen. Probably, I mean, I don't know. I guess Red Balloon was like the first French movie I ever, ever saw. Mm-hmm. Right. I remember mm-hmm. us having that VHS and being like, I like this as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's a lovely film. <laughs> yeah, that was, see, that was a good start for me for foreign film, I think. <laughs> yeah, right. And there's no words in that. <laughs> right, exactly. Nothing to read. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's such an avant-garde start. It's like, hey, kid, I have this thing with no words in it whatsoever. And it's Parisian. That's so perfect. <laughs> Yeah, that's a beauty. A beauty. Oh, so good. All right, yep. let's get into these five reasons why you need to see this. Oh my god, so exciting. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna excited. do I'm gonna do one first and then you can do your first one after that, and then we'll just trade off. Sound good? Okay. Yep. Excellent. Um my first reason why why absolutely everybody needs to see this film is that it feels very smooth and French and sixties. It's like it's pretentious in that serious, weird, artsy way. It's very full of like co- color and poetic language. And it feels like good pretentious, which I love. 
That's perfect, actually. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and there's a lot of paintings in it. He's reading a book about, um, oh, so I can't remember which painter. It starts off with him sitting in a bathtub reading a book about a painter. <laughs> yeah, and the language in that is so poetic. I'm like, right. some poet is writing about painting right now. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, so, yeah. So my, my, what I wrote for my first was because it's directed by Godard, <laughs> that if you're interested in film, you just have to see the, some of the new wave films. Um, let's see. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's more experimental, not so much plot as ideas. So it's very thoughtful, very thoughtful film. Ooh, that's very true. Yeah, that, that remind, I feel like that reminds me of a couple of my reasons, too. So I'm like, what should I go to? Ooh. But, uh, yeah, I like, no, that's good. That's how it should be. Yeah. Um, yep. I, yeah, that, I think that that's, yeah, that's going to lead me to my second reason. That's perfect. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, Luce, just like movies like Mother, which is funny to bring up, I guess, today. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Piero LeFou just doesn't give a fuck about narrative. It's composed of action and scenes and dialogue, like, you know, like movies are, but its structure is so much more hazy. It's more of mm. like, yeah, it's more of like a weird, crazy metaphor for love and life and also a fantasy about living a life that is art. Hmm. Ooh, I actually have said that exact sentence many times. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Especially this year, yes. I just want my life to have more art in it. That was actually my New Year's resolution for this year, and it was really uh, tough to see it through because of the lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yes, this sounds perfect for oh, me. Good. Yeah, yeah, mom. That's, mom, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you good. Yeah, you've done, mom. You've just done a great job of keeping your life and artistic life even during the pandemic. <laughs> Yeah, you have to. I mean, you have to try just fight that malaise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a lot of coffee. The only thing that makes sense so. now. Yeah, no, totally. That's what I've said many times is like all we have is each other, nature, and art. And right. there's like you can't buy into anything else. Like you have to hold tight to these things that are life-giving because we can't depend on like governments and larger ideas of protection. Like we need to dig into like the stuff that's actually life giving. I feel like you're describing this movie. Really? (laughs) Wait, did I write this movie? You might've written this movie. Are you a time traveler? Why didn't you kill Hitler? Come on. (laughs) Pulling off my mask to reveal that I'm actually Jean-Luc Godard. (laughs) Surprise. The auteur returns. (laughs) Well, I think the whole series of, from that films from that time, you love <laughs> i loved breathless yeah i enjoyed yeah. and uh, woman is a woman yeah yep. and this one has so much nature in it and so much art in it and it's just like it's two people who only have each other nature and art so that's it wow what that's a, that's my motto though is that crazy <laughs> it's really that's right. weird that's perfect <laughs> uh, well, mom, yeah. yeah what's your second reason okay well <laughs> I just think because Jean-Paul Belmondo and Anna Karna are both so gorgeous and they're, <laughs> they have their own style that's just amazing right away, especially Belmondo. He is so cool and he's smoking a cigarette but you're not supposed to do, you know, <laughs> but he's just so cool and he's so funny when he wants to be. Um, yeah, that's so true. <laughs> so he's rough but intense is what I wrote. 
Ooh, I'm excited. I don't know if I've seen him in anything before, so yeah. I'm excited. Too. Well, he was in Breathless. Oh, 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 okay, okay. That's him. Yes. Yep. I mean, he's not beautiful by any means. He's <laughs> a craggy face with a long nose. <laughs> you know, he's just, but his style is so great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm just looking him up right now. He's got a really fun face. Yeah. <laughs> really expressive. Yes. And That's in this film, especially, he can go from, he does a scene where he's, uh, well, he's, I'll tell you, he stares out at the screen and pretends he's an American. That is the best thing I've ever seen. It's so weird and amazing. It's so strange. It's really, he's just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. So fun. It's such a weird way of being American. I really like it. Yeah, I'm always interested in like other countries uh, when they do like other uh, people who speak other languages do like American impressions. Yeah. Like, what is it that you think quantifies like an American, like what's an essential American phrase? So, yeah, it's very funny. Yeah. (laughs) You know, this film takes place, there's a little politics in it during the Vietnam War. So there's a little play act they do, and that's you'll see what how he how they portray the Americans. <laughs> oh, I find it's not good. <laughs> it's yeah, it's not kind flattering. of it's kind of perfect. Um, it's a little. It's there is a moment. She is definitely wearing makeup that is a little weird for right now, but back then I'm sure it was okay. You know, uh, you know, right? There's a few things in the film. I wonder you know, what people will think now. Yeah, they may not stand up as much, but yeah, that's sort of how it goes, right? That's what we must yeah. must uh, must process uh, in, in now times. <laughs> right. Um, also, this, is, this isn't a reason, but I feel like I have to throw it in here mm-hmm. or else I won't have a place for it. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so this movie and the way it kind of works in terms of its structure and what they're doing, it... I'm sure that it's very similar to what you and dad were doing back then, you know, traveling and hitchhiking and stealing people's cars and running guns. <laughs> what? The first two. <laughs> yeah, at least some of that stuff. Because <laughs> it's like, it's a couple traveling in a, in, just like in places they'd never been before. And I'm like, is that how the 60s were for my mom? They were like yeah. hippies traveling. <laughs> right, it was. <laughs> We hitchhiked through Europe for three months. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. You must have met such interesting, bizarre people. Oh, boy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we we had no hardly any clothes with us. You know, we didn't want to bring much. So uh-huh. I had a skirt and a pair of jeans, and, and Steve, Cozy's dad, had a pair of jeans. So he would wash his jeans and put my jeans on. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> That's so good. That's how we got through it. We I were the same it. back then. <laughs> oh, it's so young and sweet. Yeah. yeah. How, how much of that trip was inspired by this movie? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't remember what came first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. Okay. Do we, I feel like we got your second reason, right? You did. Oh, yeah. perfect. Okay. So my third reason, Luce, why you need to see this movie is because I really love the dual trade-off narration between uh, Ferdinand and Marianne. It feels very romantic and kind of confusing, and I really like that. <laughs> yeah, romantic and confusing. That's a good <laughs> yeah. heady mix. 
Yeah, it's so I I don't know if I had seen that before where it's like these these two voiceover narrations running into each other and it's like in another world, I remember her, you know, and just like running up against each other like it was October. I had never thought and even those are too close to each other. That's the weird part. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, right. The yeah, voice um, is important. Yeah, it was yeah. so cool. I mean, maybe the best way to to represent it is someone saying like uh like he was in love and then someone's like, no, it was Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Even still too close. I can't mimic it. Wow. All right, cool. What's your third reason? <laughs> that's good. Oh, good. <laughs> um, yeah, that's basically, I, that's a pretty simple one for me. What's your third reason? Well, it's interesting. It's similar in a way, but, oh, perfect. but I just, because it's such a wonderful love story and that goes from, freedom and romance to danger mm. and you know where you start seeing the how freedom isn't perfect <laughs> <laughs> and passion isn't perfect mm. and yeah, it's interesting to, to see to follow progress you know to follow what happens mm. it's not it's not stationary it doesn't stand it things change everything changes yeah, and sort of the, the good and bad sides of that are really great to see because right, exactly. everybody everybody has the beginning of that need for freedom, but nobody thinks it through and see and follows it through. <laughs> right. What does it really mean? Right. Yeah, I thought Easy Rider did an interesting job with that concept yes. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I remember that movie. I actually saw it really recently, like a year ago, and it. Uh, I, I didn't know what the ending was somehow, and it really shocked me. And I won't ruin we no spoilers, so I won't say what it is. But I was so shocked by the ending, and then shocked by my shock, just because I'm like, how can a movie from you know this many years ago? Because I feel like I've seen everything. Oh sure. And it was just like so well done and so like legitimately edgy and i really loved that idea of like oh my god like i'm so my brain is so rotted from things getting tied up in bows in the last <laughs> years of cinema mm-hmm. that it's so like refreshing to see a film push past the like and it all worked out to like but did it <laughs> <laughs> you know that's so perfect that goes to my fourth reason oh great the end is amazing <laughs> you'll never forget it Aww. Uh, you have to stick with the film till the end. It gets a little confusing as it reaches toward the end, but yeah. the end is amazing. Uh, that's one of the reasons I've never forgotten the film. Mm. Oh wow! Oh, I'm so intrigued. I I don't I'm I watch a lot of things that are confusing. I'm fine with that. <laughs> that's not a deterrent for me. Well, I feel like I'm being challenged when things get confusing, and then I'm like, all right, let's go. What are you trying to do? Like, I, I like dig even deeper into it because I like I'm not going to be had by anything. <laughs> I'm like, you can't trick me. I'll figure this out. <laughs> well, the real end is amazing, and it's, you'll understand it completely. <laughs> oh, terrific. Oh, my gosh. All right. Very yeah. intrigued. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it has like a bit of a hazy middle, and then it and then it comes back around in such an interesting right. way. Right. Uh, my fourth my fourth reason for uh, for why you need to see this uh, is because it focuses a ton. This is sort of reaching back to the beginning of this convo. Uh, it focuses a lot on art and creators. Like the reverence is super clear, 
It has mm. it has paintings, books, music, poetry, magazines, dancing, posters, movies, plays, comic art. It has literally all the forms of art, <laughs> along with tons of quotes from great artists. And like even the main characters are named after artists and authors. <laughs> oh, wow. That's so cool. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's yep. so dense. There's absolutely no chance that I would be able to even get a small part of all the references. <laughs> but it makes it work. Like, it works. It survives on its own. But I bet it would be incredibly rich to look up, up all yeah. of that. And then, right. And maybe look up some of the things. Right. Yeah, there's so much. It's amazing. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's so fun. I love that stuff. Yeah, I love and it's even, like a whole meal. Yeah, it's so it's such a meal. It's crazy how the details are just living in it. And sort of related to that, the main character is such an interesting like Ferdinand is such an interesting author analog in that way where he's the whole movie, he's like, "Hey, you person I've never met, read this thing. Hey, my daughter, you should know about French art. Hey, babysitter, you have the night off. Go see a movie about art so you can feel educated." It's very <laughs> it's very proselytizing in a good way because of the art aspect. <laughs> You know, it's interesting. Some of the people he he talks to like that. One of them is a a film director that you might have heard of. I don't. I, I'm not saying anything who it is. Uh-huh. And some. And he also sits and talks to actually the cameraman, uh-huh. but you don't know the cameraman. He uh-huh. sort of acts like he's just one of the people in the group. <laughs> oh, really? I did. That's so funny. Yeah, I love it. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What's, he's, yeah. What's your What's your fourth reason? <laughs> Okay, uh, that that was my fourth before I said, you know, the ending. Oh, 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 that was your fourth. Okay, perfect. You. <laughs> oh, you're right. It was so perfect. Oh, you're so right. Okay, perfect. Um, <laughs> wonderful. So in that case, my fifth reason uh, mm-hmm. is that I love all of the devices that the movie uses. It's got fourth wall breaks. It's got meta moments. It's got scenes out of order. There is, it like slips into a musical multiple times. <laughs> The, the non-diegetic music becomes diegetic, which is one of my favorite things. And at one point, a woman is even a cake. <laughs> oh, I love that. Wait, wait, wait. Let me think. It's really fast. I missed it the first time we saw it together. And I like the other night, I watched it and I was like, whoa, huh? how did I miss this cake thing? Oh, now I can't remember. Oh my God, am I going to have to watch it again? <laughs> I think little. Don't worry, it's at the beginning. It's it's when he's at the party. He's at this very boring. Oh, okay. Yeah, yes, Lucy, yes. he's at this very boring yes. party, which right. um, it's like full of it's full of people who are just talking in ad speak to each other. They're like, oh huh. my God, Pantene Pro V is so great for my hair. Well, you're right, but also this car. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and it's it has this red wash on it, like he's in hell, and you can tell he hates to be there. And it's it's a great sequence. And at the very, very end of that sequence, there is a woman at the party who is a cake and everyone is taking slices from her and she loves it. And it's just like, yay, hi, everybody. Uh, an interesting aspect of a consuming beauty and uh, objectifying each other. Yeah, it almost felt like a different statement that was kind of at the beginning and then other things happened, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's what you think okay. from. There we go. Oh. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Oh, I'm okay. Very interested. I like it. I like all the things you're saying. Awesome. <laughs> okay, uh, my last one. My last one. Heck yeah, I do. Okay, so I think there's the best line in a film I've ever heard. Mm. He asks her, Why so sad? And she answers, You talk to me with words, and I look at you with feelings. <laughs> mm. 
Mm-hmm. That just killed me, that line. <laughs> oh my God, I bet. That's definitely one of those lines when you see it for the first time and your brain is still like, you know, organizing the world. <laughs> yes. It's like, oh my God, like nobody talks like that, but it's so romantic and thoughtful. Yes. <laughs> yep. There are a lot of points in this movie where I was like, I need to pause it and just completely digest what I just heard because it's really interesting and fascinating. Yep. And I I was able to do half of that, I think. (laughs) Then I missed the rest. But that. Watch it again. (laughs) Yeah, you're so right. There's so much to it. That's the thing. It's, It's definitely, it's so dense. But also that, that line is great and really reminds me, I should mention for those who don't know, um, like, uh, my dad, like dad was a poet and you're an oil painter, you know? And so it's like images right. and feelings and words. It's all kind of there. <laughs> exactly. Actually, that's so interesting. I hadn't thought of it that way. <laughs> perfect. perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Oh God. Oh, so those were all the reasons. Luce, what do you think? I'm convinced. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I don't feel like sometimes we have a little pushback or we want to ask a few more questions, mm. but Everything, I was, you know, pretty upfront the whole way. <laughs> so to act like I'm not sure, I feel like would be too coy. Um, I, yeah, everything y'all said really speaks to my interests, uh, both like in life and also what I enjoy when I'm watching film. So I, you know, naturally, like I was saying, I already feel desperate to catch up on the French New Wave. <laughs> Perfect. And so this seems like, it also just seems like a perfect film for right now when we are so lacking and like thirsty for art and connection. So um, it seems like a good pandemic watch. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. Although at the same time, they are on a journey and it's sad to not be able to go on journeys right now. Maybe it's good escapism. <laughs> yeah, we can still do, a, uh, you know, emotional journeys. Yeah, and, so uh, true. Imaginative right. journeys are important. Yeah, absolutely. The one place where we can't be colonized. <laughs> you know? Oh, absolutely. Can't take our imagination from us. Oh, so true. There is no way. <laughs> There's no cell phones or anything in this film. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow. That makes sense. I would be so impressed if there was. He really was wise beyond his years. <laughs> I mean, I think it would make a lot of sense because as we know, you are a time traveler <laughs> and are the, that very that very auteur. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Uh, I am here now. I'm actually going to take all of our technology that I've learned about back to the 60s. So Uh, amazing. (laughs) Thank you for uh, helping me by talking to me about a film I haven't made yet. No problem. And thank you for taking all that stuff away. We appreciate it. And we'll see what we can figure out as a result of it. Um, Anyway, audience, have you seen Piero LeFou? If you have, hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram to let us know what you think of it. Follow us on there. Tell us what we need to see on there and join the Facebook group on Facebook, which is one of theirs, in order to talk about movies with us, humans, who are fun. (laughs) Yeah, no, please. I love, obviously, uh, you know, we know that I'm on Twitter and Instagram doing the at you need to see or what is it? Uh, <laughs> need, need to see pod, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, just, I, was, I was like, I, my mind hasn't been colonized. Totally brain dead. Um, yeah. So you can talk to me there. You can talk to Cozy in the Facebook group all around many experiences. Oh, a hundred percent. 
Enjoy, oh. enjoy the bounty of our content. That sounded terrible. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that. No. Yeah, it's really bad. Back. You ever get to the middle of a sentence and you want to not have had that sentence happen? I got yeah, like one of those. Eject button. <laughs> yeah, what? it's got to be the verbal eject button. <laughs> it's also happened to me when I get bored with a story I'm telling, and I'm like, I don't. <laughs> halfway through, I'm like, you know what? This isn't as good as I thought it would be when I started it. Can we? Did you say something now? <laughs> ah, that's amazing. I like, I like that instinct. Um, so do you, have you seen anything really cool recently, Luce, that you would like to recommend? Yes. I just got the new Criterion edition of David Cronenberg's Crash from 1996. It's incredible. Mm. It has one of the best film essays I've ever read in uh, the booklet it comes with. And you can read it, listeners. Uh, it's online on Criterion's website, so you don't have to buy the uh, the new Blu-ray if you wish not to. But it's an incredibly beautifully written essay on subversive cinema and subversive writing because it was based on the J.G. Ballard novel of the same name that came out in the 60s. Ooh. So interesting to talk about you know, this film and, you know, that writing at the time was considered to be like also about kind of escaping the mainstream and what's expected of you and going on a journey, even though this journey in this movie was uh, much filthier, it sounds like. <laughs> 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 crashed much filthier than uh, the movie you guys talked about today. <laughs> That's a real safe bet, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's it's beautiful. I, I love it. I've been waiting for this movie to come out, uh, to have a nice edition. It had one, it came out on DVD in like the early 2000s, and then there's been no other editions of it. So wow. it's very exciting. Recommend. <laughs> I don't know it. So good. Nice. Yeah. Have you seen any Cronenberg, David Cronenberg movies? I have. I have. If you are into his vibe at all, mm-hmm. then you'll appreciate it. It's definitely like jarring and intense though. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm willing. Okay, awesome. <laughs> nice. Um, Gail, what is your recommendation? <laughs> well, I'm recommending Jules and Jim, another French New oh, Wave film. Yes, I've also wanted to watch. That one gets rented from Videotech all the time. All the time. It's fabulous. Yeah. It's by Truffaut. And it's it's two two guys who love the same girl, Jean Moreau, and watching them, tr- you know, play around in Paris is wonderful. It's mm. Some surprising scenes in there, and very intense. Also, it's a it's a wonderful mix. It's a beautiful film. Oh, mm. incredible! A good double feature. Uh, yes. Well, double feature. I'm not sure. I think we need time to to swallow each of them. <laughs> okay. Right, maybe over a weekend. <laughs> that's a good way to, that's a very important distinction. I like that. <laughs> I appreciate that too. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, my recommendation for this week is very far off from both of those, <laughs> all of those. Um, and that is uh, the podcast Bald Talk, which is hosted by improvisers Brian Husky and Charlie Sanders, two, two UCB uh, New York guys who've been around for millions of decades and been hilarious forever. And it's a, a podcast about being bald from two funny bald people. They have bald <laughs> guests and they talk about being bald and hair replacement and like what it, the whole thing. It's very strange and fascinating. And I'm not sure why I'm so into it. 
love a good podcast recommendation. Yeah, maybe it's maybe it's because I have hair that doesn't feel like it's going away anytime soon, and also because I write about hair transplants and stuff. It's oh, that's uh, okay. You should write in and contribute your hair transplant knowledge. Oh my god, I would love to. They had a professional guy actually very on the other the other day, and he was a hair transplant doctor. And I was like, okay, this was a better choice than me. <laughs> why do people shave their head? I always wonder why men shave their heads. Well, they they were talking about how it's sort of a there's a couple levels to it, but it seems like it's a way of owning it a little bit more as opposed to just being like it's getting thinner and thinner. Should I hide it with a hat? Should I hide it with a comb over? Uh, no, I'm just gonna freaking own it and make it work for me. And oh. and yeah, like uh, having a little bit of control, it seems like that's exactly it. It's such a control based thing. And and if it looks, it, there's also a lot of talk about if your if the head if your head is kind of a good shape for it anyway. Yeah, it's like if they're, you have a naturally good shaped head for it, and if you don't, that's probably a bad idea. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> good question. If it's not a lot of lumps, I guess. <laughs> Um, Um, Can I do a podcast recommendation too Since you did one I just thought of one that I just started listening to That I'm obsessed with Hell yeah Um, So it's not film related It's called Tenfold More Wicked It's on the Exactly Right Network And it's this this woman Who is a true crime researcher And writer So it's not just like You know my favorite murder Is very comedic And they're not professionals (laughs) They're just comedic um but this woman is her research is incredible and it's uh the whole season there's only four episodes out right now but the whole season is about this like terrible series of crimes that hit one family uh in the 1800s which i'm really fascinated by early american history yeah and it's it's so good and the the family um like the ancestors who the people who are alive now it's been this like really terrible story that's been passed down mm-hmm. among generations so she interviews the family now who's alive about what happened uh, 150 years ago and it's just really really fascinating and where do you see this where is it uh so it's on yeah so you can search for it either on apple podcasts or like spotify but it's called Tenfold More Wicked. And if okay. you Google it, I'm sure it'll uh, come up in okay. various places to stream and listen to podcasts. So like wherever you listen to podcasts, basically. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> good. Sounds good. Oh, yeah. wonderful. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, it's time for plugs. Uh, if you have any plugs, anybody? <laughs> You know, I just uh, am still working on It's Always Halloween on the other podcast, uh, research-based horror history, Halloween history podcast. So hit me up over there. And uh, Pete and I work on that together. And yeah, I'm just excited about uh, having a few days off for Christmas next week. So I'm trying to lay low. That's my (laughs) plug. Be quiet. Don't bother me. (laughs) It's a good plug. Um, <laughs> Mom, when can where can people check your art out? Yeah, um, just you can look up my name, uh, Gail Marcus Orlin, and or Etherton Gallery, and you can find lots of paintings on there. I hope. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, buy some paintings from my mom. She's got a ton and they're all really great. Yeah, right. I highly yeah. recommend them. I just Googled Gail Orlin and it came right up. The mm. gallery was the first. Oh, okay. Good. Good. Very first thing in Google. So. That's some good SEO. I like it. 
Yeah. <laughs> I've done a series of um, 18 COVID paintings, but I don't think they're, some of them might be online, I'm not sure, sort of dealing with it and making it so, sort of just imagining a clown or a, a magician came up with this crazy, <laughs> crazy disease. <laughs> Wow, an evil, evil magician. Yeah, it's got some good devil imagery in there. It's got some good stuff. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah, speaking of looking things up online and good SEO and such, uh, uh, listeners, uh, give us a five-star rating to make us more searchable. Leave us a review. Uh, Also helps. We'll read it on the air if it's five stars and such. And subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already. Thank you all so much for listening. Special thanks to our audio engineer, Pete Burns. Oh, thank you, Pete. Thank you, Pete. And thank you all so much. <laughs> thank you so much for inviting me. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, Mom, for coming on. I love your insight, and it's just been such a pleasure getting to know you. Yes. Oh, me too. I, I, wish, I hope I'll meet you in person someday. Yes, I demand it. <laughs> it sounds good. Oh, that's the best. Uh, thank you all so much, audience, for listening to You Need to See This. Mais regarde ma petite ligne de chance Regarde ce tout petit estin Si petit autre de ma main Je mets ma main sur ton genou Moi aussi, Marianne Je t'embrasse partout Moi aussi, Marianne <rire>